Blog Talk Radio. Giving us a little education through rap. 
I am Rodney Smith, your host in the air chair today, bringing you what I hope will be a compelling story about a young author, only seven years old, who wrote a book. She was a co-writer. Her name is Robin Michelle Fleming, and she's author of Robin Hood, Believe It's Possible. Robin Hood, Believe It's Possible. Hopefully we'll have her on the show in a little bit. She's actually at a coding class, and as soon as her parents can break her free, she's going to come on to the show. Hopefully she'll be able to make it on the show today. Uh, But before we go there, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Some of the ways that we do it is with talk shows like Our Own Voices Live. We also, well, we originated from Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine, and Our Own Voices magazine talked about cultures. America is a wonderful place, but America is made up of people and cultures from around the world. All too often, we don't know enough about our fellow Americans. Our Own Voices print magazine helps to educate us about them, them about us, and really about each other so that we could break down some of those barriers. That is part of the bridge that we're trying to build. We also have a weekly gathering the first four weeks of the month. It's at the Westside Bistro, which is located at 710 West Las Vegas Boulevard. Once again, the Westside Bistro, 710 West Las Vegas. Vegas Boulevard inside of Nevada Partners. It's a culinary training academy that teaches uh, people, sometimes young and not so young, the various culinary arts, three chefs to busting tables. Uh, we meet there every every Friday at from 12 to 2, and on months that have five Fridays, we meet at TC's Barbecue Crib. That's right, TC's Barbecue Crib, and we support Uh, black business. And the idea of the gathering is a place and a time every week that people will know that folks from any background can come together, break bread, meet one another, and just share. And that's the foundation. As a matter of fact, the biggest portion of the gathering is the introduction. Uh, We give about 90 seconds where people can talk about themselves. And that way other people get to learn about them. Uh, The third Saturday of each month, we meet at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Larger Than Life statue, which is located where Las Vegas and North Las Vegas intersect right at the corner of Cary and Martin Luther King Boulevard, 10 a.m., 10 a.m., the Dr. King statue at Cary and Martin Luther King Boulevard. And we clean up the statue 
we meet and greet and we have fellowship. It's another opportunity not only to work in the community, but also to fellowship with the people from that community. We believe that these types of things is what Dr. King called the beloved community. And our own voices, our own voices live is a part of that beloved community. And we're still building it. And hopefully you will join us, be a part of it, and help add to the beloved community. We do other projects annually. We do the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil at the same location, the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue. As a matter of fact, though it wasn't an event that I put on, but it is a dream come true because just last week we had the uh, 50th anniversary of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King with uh, Franklin G. A.K., otherwise known as Advanced Knowledge or otherwise known as. Uh, uh, the uh, general manager of KCEP 88.1 FM, the local uh, public owned radio station here, uh, they were hosts of the candlelight vigil for, in recognition of the 50th anniversary of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I had a chance to view that. The dream for me that came true was when I first started doing candlelight vigils uh, at the statue. No one else was doing it. And a young woman named Stephanie Washington uh, called me up and said, Mr. Smith, they're not doing anything to honor Dr. King. And this was on his birthday over 10 years ago. And she says, we need to do something to recognize him. I've called the elected officials and no one are are able to help right now. Can you help? And I said to myself, sure. And that, generated the first Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil at the statue. And then I started doing functions. I've, I've done uh, an assassination candlelight vigil there uh, to bring recognition to the statue and to bring recognition to Dr. King, where many of our young people may not have felt the same about him as those of us who have a few years uh, behind us. So those are a few ideas of some of the things that we're involved in with the community and building the beloved community and helping bring together uh, people, as we say, to bridge that culture and ethnic divide that has separated so many of us for so long and still separating us. It hasn't, it hasn't changed yet, but I do believe this beast can be defeated partially through love, but really through taking the time to share and get to know one another. Many of you know that I am running for Congress, and yesterday we had our usual gathering at the Westside Bistro, and we always have people who come out, and we had great conversation. Big shout-out to Z for coming. Woman, 70 years old, and a brother told me last, uh, actually just this morning, that he thought maybe she was 40. I think he was going to hit on her. And he's around my age. And, uh, you know, a testament to Z. Thank you so much for coming out to the, the gathering yesterday. Michelle for coming out. And to really uh, Maurice, Maurice Showers, all of the folks who came out to the gathering yesterday. Big shout out to you. And yesterday evening, uh, I, as I shared, I'm running for Congress to represent Nevada's 4th Congressional District. I'm doing something a little non traditional, and that is I'm running as a nonpartisan, not Democrat, not Republican, not blue, not red, not crip, 
not blood, but as a nonpartisan to represent all the people. And last night, uh, Michelle Edmonds threw a meet and greet at her home, and we had a, uh, a number of people come out. Uh, I believe it was about 15, and came and and got a chance to meet each other and and uh, really enjoy the decor of Michelle's home. Uh, it's full of African art and Asian art. She's an art collector, and, and she likes antiques. And she invited us into her lovely home for meet and greet for the candidate, the candidate being me. Uh, big shout out to you, Michelle, for doing that. And thank you to all the folks who came out. Once again, Z came out and shared some uh, sage uh, wisdom with us. And to all of the folks who came out to share, you know, it's a beautiful thing. I, I also want to give a special shout out to my, my best buddy here in Las Vegas, Stephen Sales who came out, and the, the brother's been going through it. But I tell you what, he he answered the call. He showed up. Now, I wasn't expecting to. I invited him, but I didn't get the address and information to him until last minute. But the brother came out. And maybe people, I'm not sure if they understand it when I say what it means to see them. But for me, it is about showing up. You can talk about what you're going to do. You can talk about what you have done. You can talk about what needs to be done. You can even share what other people should do. And I appreciate all of that. But it goes back to that old poem about the man in the arena. Well, there's something about when a person shows up, it makes all the difference to me. Now, I appreciate the people who wanted to be there and couldn't be there for various reasons. I, I get it. Life happens. Uh, Maurice wanted to show up, but he was doing granddaddy duty, and that's what he should have been doing. I appreciate the thought that he wanted to be there, though. And then to the people who showed up, time out of their life, whatever else they had going on, and maybe they had nothing going on other than spending time at home with their heels kicked up by themselves. That's still something else that they could have been doing instead of attending an event for me. And they were able, they had the time, they came out, they took that moment of time out of their life to share with me. Stephen did that. Stephen lives in the northwest portion of town. And then to another person that really touched me when she came in the room, and that was Charlemagne. Why it touched me is one, we only met each other once before at a political event, in our revolution event, and I was a speaker, one of the speakers there. And I remember as I was speaking and I was looking out into the audience and looking at the expression on different people's faces and trying to get a, an idea of their body language to see if I was connecting or not. I, as I was scanning the crowd and my eyes came into contact, with Charlemagne, I saw something there. She was paying attention. And it wasn't until after I talked and I got a chance to come over and, and meet her, I found out that she is not native-born American. She is an American now, but she is not native-born American. She actually comes from Romania, Eastern Bloc Nation. And 
what touched me so much about her, other than the fact that she's paying attention, because, you know, when you speak, you always wonder, is it resonating with anyone, is that she talked about being a citizen of America and how much it meant to her to be a citizen. And she understood the history. She understood the political system, and she talked about the difference of the political system in her country when she was a child. And it buoyed me. It uplifted me. It inspired me. It encouraged me. Because here it was, someone not native to this country, but believed in this country. She saw this country uh, as that shining light, that city on the hill, that beacon beckoning other people to come. And it, it even as I think of meeting her for the first time and, and how how I welled up with emotion as she as she spoke. And then she says that I encouraged her. It touched me in a way that I'm rarely touched. And I met her that one time. We became Facebook friends, but you know how you have Facebook friends and you see their posts, they see your posts, but there may not be much interaction. Well, that's pretty much how it's been. She's liked some of the things that I've done, you know, posted, and I've liked some of the things that she's posted. But when I put up the event, I had no idea who would come. The doorbell rang, and Charlemagne came through the door. We met one time at an Our Revolution event. She took the time out of her life, out of her day, to travel from Henderson, from where she works and I believe resides, to come all the way to the west side of town to Desert Shores, the Desert Shores area, right outside of Summerlin, to travel from Henderson to there, to a private resident for a meet and greet for a congressional candidate that she had only met one time before. It was as if the room lit up when she came to the, through the door. Because when you're doing these types of things, a lot of times the people that you're meeting, they're strangers to the candidate as well. The, many of them were strangers to me. Most I had never met before, but they came because they wanted to hear what I had to say. But more importantly, I wanted to hear what they had to say. And of those people who came, Charlemagne came. It settled things for me. It encouraged me. I gave my, you know, we did a meet and greet. I had welcomed her. She got some food. She said, now, mind you, she worked a full day yesterday. And after that full day, she, she's a hairdresser and a very good one at that. Matter of fact, look her up. If, you need, if you're looking for a new hairdresser or you're just looking for someone to do it the way you need it done, look up Charlamagne. She's on my friends list on Facebook. And she came and she sat at, with the other folks and she listened to what I had to say. I spoke for about 30 minutes or so, longer than probably I should have, but they listened to what I had to say. 
And then afterwards, we opened it up for for them to tell me what not just what they thought of me. I mean, that's nice, but what they thought should be done and what they wanted their representatives to represent for them. I shared with them that, to me, this was a job application, and they are the owners of the company, and the company is called America. It's called Nevada. It's called the 4th District. And I wanted them to tell me what they wanted me to do to represent them, what they thought were the problems. And we had that session. And that's pretty much the way my events will go. I probably won't talk as long at the next meet and greet. But I wanted them to know who I am, what my, some of my life's experiences, some of my goals. Because if they're going to hire me to represent them in Congress, I want them to know my strengths. I also want them to know my weaknesses. Because I'll, the strengths are great, but the areas when I'm weak, I'll need their help. I let them know I couldn't do it without them. It is not that, oh, as a citizen, I went and did my duty, I voted, and now that I voted, I wait for the magic to happen. I let them know that they're the magic. I said, I'm like a running back, and they're the quarterback. And the football is their needs. And when they hand that football, their needs off to me, I'm going to run with it to get as much done as possible. But even then, elected office is not an individualized activity. It's more like, a team sport, and it definitely is a team effort. And I let them know that it's the team that will make the difference. Because just like with any running back, not only do you need the quarterback to get you the ball, but as you're running, sometimes you need blockers and tackles to help you get through. And I let them know that that's the role, that's the role that they will play, that they'll have to get on the phones and they'll have to call people. They'll have to call other elected officials to let them know what they want and how they support whatever the initiative is on their behalf. They have to call their friends to rally them to do the same thing. They have to show up. There's a town hall call to discuss what's happened, what is happening, and more importantly, what's going to happen. So that was our, that was our meet and greet last night. And two of the people who stood out that encouraged me. But I also have to say, the two people that threw on the event, Michelle and Betty, that was an encouragement too because that's money out of their pocket. That's their time. It was Michelle's home. And they did it because they believed in what I represent. And I say what I represent because I tell them I'm just a human like everybody else. And if you're like the physical, that's nice, and it's good for my ego, but that's not what's really important here. What's important is how can we work together and do you believe in the ideas, the message? Is it something that they can support and augment? And they did enough that they would spend money and time 
to put on a meet and greet, a private meet and greet for some of their friends so that they could get to know me, what my stances are, what my vision is. Because my stances are not necessarily hardened because ultimately it's the people that determine what those stances are. What was significant is that they get to know who I am as a person. And if they felt that as they're running back, that they could hand me the ball. And if they believed that I could run with it, ultimately to get that touchdown, to bring in the the points for them, uh, that's what's important. And that's what we needed. So that was last night's event. Uh, yesterday at the gathering, Maurice had told me about his, I believe it's his niece, who is an author and was an author at seven. I believe she's eight now. Well, that was pretty big for me. One that he would ask me if I could do a show. And he told me that she was eight years old and she had written the book. And as I was doing the research, she wrote the book when she was seven. Well, I love reading. As a matter of fact, I read a book yesterday. <laughs> and can you believe I lost a book yesterday? I read one and I lost one. Oh, and by the way, there was there was money in that book too. I use it as a bookmark. Let that be a note. Do not use money as bookmarks. But he as he told me about his niece and he said that the book was about bullying and that his seven-year-old niece had written this book. And he asked me if I would be willing to, to have her on the show today. And, of course, I said yes. And he says that I would find it interesting. She's also going to have uh, sort of a, a book signing at the West Las Vegas, I believe it's the West Las Vegas Art Center, uh, coming up later this month. And she's going to, to be there, and she's going to talk about, you know, her book, talk about why she wrote the book. As a matter of fact, I am going, when, when she, and when she calls in, some of the questions I have is, what was it about her life that led her to the idea of writing this book? And the book is about how we use our individual gifts and talents and believe and overcome whatever circumstance that we're in, and in this case, to get past the bullying. Now, one of the things I didn't tell Brother Maurice is that when I was a child, I was bullied. I still remember it. I was in the first grade, and every day, I still remember the fellow's name. I'll give you his first name. His first name was Brandon, and Brandon was the class bully. Beat kids up. I had just come from North Carolina and they enrolled me in school and he would beat me up. He he would he wouldn't beat me up, he would pinch me every day. And I didn't have the concept of fighting yet. And I couldn't understand why someone was hurting me. And it the pinches hurt. 
and he would purposely do it to hurt, and he would just keep doing it. And I just didn't understand. And I would put my head on my desk. The teacher really wouldn't do anything. And I would really just put my head on the desk and try to lay quiet. And sometimes I'd sob from the the pain. It was a physical pain as well as a mental pain. And it's something that impacted me. Now, I didn't have a book. As much as I love to read, I didn't have a book to read on bullying that maybe could have helped me through that situation. So eventually I had a physical confrontation with Brandon and we fought. And for the rest of my elementary school life, I fought. I even got kicked out of school for fighting. Mind you, I was a very shy and introverted person. But because of that one bullying situation, it led to me fighting. My mother coming to school, getting in trouble. It really changed who I was as a person. I wish I would have had a book that might could have guided me to make better choices. Well, before we, we, we have our caller, before we go on, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. Today, our topic is Robin Michelle Fleming, author of Robin Hood, Believe It's Possible. Good afternoon. Welcome to Our Own Voices Live. Hello. You are on the air. Oh, hi. This is Robin Hood. Hey, Robin Hood. Hood, I like that name. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing excellent, partially because I finally get to hear your voice. A a zero, I'm told. Thank you. I'm so excited. well, I I am excited, too. I'm excited because, first of all, someone that you know named Maurice Showers, I believe he's your uncle, told me about you and asked me if I could have you on my show. Once he told me what you gave me a quick overview of what your book was, I said, of course, let's do it immediately. So welcome to the show, and what a blessing to have an uncle like Maurice. Thank you. So, Robin, um, or Robin Hood, <laughs> tell me a little bit about you. I know that you're, an, uh, I think, an A student. You live in DeSoto, Texas. Uh, you obviously like to write and, I'm guessing, read. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about you. Well, I just... I live in um, Minnesota, Texas, and I and I and I go to school at Kansas City School. And my parents and my parents told me that I should uh, be my own friend, so I started doing mm. that. And I started, I started got, I started to be bullied, so that's why I wrote this book. So when you, Robin, when you were bullied, how old were you? What was done, if you don't mind sharing, and how did it make you feel? 
well, I was seven years old, and it made me feel it made me feel like I wasn't I was nothing. Hmm. Oh wow, that's too bad. Uh, now I you're. Was, I understand you're eight years old now. Yes. All right, all uh, grown up eight. So you were bullied. <laughs> it made you feel bad. Did you tell your the teachers and the parents when you were bullied, and what was their response? Well, well, what, well, my I told my parents, and my mom kept telling me, um, why you have to tell me you have to stick up for your own self. I remember you those have, words. <laughs> you have to stick up for your own self. Well, those are those are very important words uh, because if you don't speak up for your own self, then why would anyone else do it? So kudos to your mom for sharing that. How did you feel when your mom told you that, and what did you do? I, what I did was I said, okay, thanks for giving me the confidence, and and I felt I felt more confident. And more, like, I felt like I was something. And we should all feel like that we're something, that we're somebody. Um, so so once you felt that way, what did you do the next time that you were bullied? Had, when I was bullied, I said, stop. And I, and I immediately walked away. I like the fact that you told them to stop. You, you expressed yourself, and then you left them alone to be by themselves. Then what happened? Then, then, then they kept bullying me and bullying me, so I was thinking, no, I can't say the same thing because every time when I say it, it, they keep bullying me. So I just, what I did was, it's called the cold shoulder. What I did was not talk to them for a while, and when they want to be my friends, I say no. Was was it tough to give them the cold shoulder? Yes, it was good. It was good to give them the cold shoulder. <laughs> and so, what happened to that person who was bullying you? What did they do once you gave them the cold shoulder? What I did was I I started focusing on my own gifts and talents. And what are some of your gifts and talents that help you make it through? Singing, songwriting, and storytelling. Well, we see the storytelling with the book. But I do want to know what happened to the person that was bullying you. Uh, was it was First of all, was it a boy or was it a girl? It was a girl. So there was a girl who was bullying you. You gave the girl the cold shoulder. You started focusing on your gifts and talents, helped you feel like you were someone. But what happened to the person who was bullying you? She, she, uh, she kept bullying me and bullying me, and then she, she didn't want to mess with me anymore. Mm, so the cold shoulder worked after all. Yeah, it worked. I wish I would have had someone to teach me the cold shoulder when I was your age because I was in the first grade 
when I used to get bullied. And it, it hurt my feelings. It it made me feel bad. I, I would sit in my chair and I would cry. So if you saw someone getting bullied like you were and like what happened to me, what advice would you give them? What would you say to them? I'll say do the cold shoulder to them because bullies don't like the cold shoulder. Sorry for interrupting, but sometimes it seems like bullies are bullying because they want attention. Do you think that that's why they do it? Yes. It's also because since they don't feel good inside of themselves, so now they want to make other people feel bad. Wow. You know that you 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 are a very smart young lady to be. Uh, do you have sisters and brothers? No. Oh, only child. Well, I was an only child for a little while when I lived in New York. As a matter of fact, when I was being bullied, my I, I did have two older brothers, but they were still in North Carolina, and my mom had moved to New York, and she had taken me. So for, I think it was a couple of years, it was like being an only child. And when I was being bullied, I didn't really have anyone to talk to. When you were bullied, did you talk to any of your friends about it too or just your mom and dad? Just my mommy and daddy because if I, if I told some friends, then what if they say the wrong thing? Hmm. Once again, you were definitely you were definitely smarter than I was when I was your age. So, you like to write, or you like to tell stories. Is that what led you to writing the book? How did you go from being bullied to writing a book about it? Well, well, well. Repeat that question again. So you you said that you liked storytelling. That was one of your ta- talents. And so I was asking you, you were bullied, but then you wrote a book. How did you go from, uh, what motivated you from being a person who was bullied to deciding to tell a story and write a book about bullying? I started listening to positive songs, started started talking to Miss Belize and my mommy and daddy. <laughs> you know, every time you say mommy and daddy, I think about how blessed you are to have a mommy and daddy that you can talk to. Did you know that that makes you special? Yes. Thank you. And, well, uh, big shout out to, that's how old people say uh, congratulations, but, you know, a, a big shout out to your, to your mommy and daddy for being there for you because, that that makes a big difference. Did you find that that made a difference in helping you overcome bullying? Yes. You decided you wanted to write a book. Did you know what you wanted to write the book about? And how did you just explain how that whole process evolved? Well, well, I was being bullied, and they kept bullying me and bullying me because I kept saying stop. Then once I finally got and what's what? So what? What's the question again? 
Um, you you wrote the book. What motivated you to use your gift and your talent of storytelling to write the book and to write it about bullying? Well, my mommy and daddy misbelieve it. It's it's my my it's the people who bullied me. It inspired me to write my own book. Because writing a book is, um, I mean, was it hard? Was it easy? Uh, did you enjoy it? Uh, did it frustrate you sometimes? What was the experience of writing your, your first book like? It was so, I enjoyed it a lot. It was it, it was <laughs> so amazing. When I first saw the first copy, <laughs> I was so excited. Well, I did get a chance to look through what Maurice sent me. I like the graphics in the book. Uh, did you draw those, or did someone draw them for you? Someone draw them, drew them for me. Well, they did a really good job. So um, now I understand that you're having a, a book signing coming up. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the to the um, Las, West Las Vegas Cultural Arts Center, and I'm going to do a book signing and a presentation. And when is that? And it is on April 21st, 2018. What time? It's 11 to 2 p.m. So Robin Fleming, who wrote the book Robin Hood, believe it's possible we'll be doing we'll do a book signing at the West Las Vegas Art Center which is located at 947 West Lake Mead Boulevard that's 947 West Lake Mead Boulevard on Saturday April 21st which is a week from today thank you for for doing the shout out bye bye well you're very welcome, and thank you for taking the time to be on our show. I know you were in the middle of doing a coding class, which is another big deal. Maybe you can come back on the show later and tell us what the Art Center experience book signing was like and a little bit about what it's like to be a coder. Thank you so much. I appreciate it to be on this radio show. Okay, Robin, thank you, and give your mommy and daddy a big hug and and just love on them a little bit for being such a good mommy and daddy. Thank you. Okay, you have a good day. You too. All righty, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Now, I don't know about you all out there listening, but that one got me. That was pretty nice. Uh, so for those of you who may have come in the middle of the interview, that was with Robin Michelle Fleming. She is, well, she's eight now, but she wrote a book when she was seven, and it's called Robin Hood, Believe It's Possible. And what the book is about is how each one of us have our own and specific gifts and talents and how 
to believe in yourself and to find your gifts and talents and then focus on those gifts and talents to get past whatever the situation is. In her case, she was being bullied. She was being bullied by another girl for whatever reason. And Robin said oftentimes when people are bullying, it's because they want attention. It's, in a way, it's them sort of shouting out for attention. And she uh, says that she started, she gave a tactic that her mommy taught her was when she was being bullied to give the person who's bullying her the cold shoulder to walk away. But before that, she stood up for herself because her mommy also told her she had to stand up for herself. And to tell the person, let them know that what they're doing is not right, to tell them to stop. Now, I'm extrapolating a little bit here, but because what Robin did was she told the person who was bullying her to stop. And she turned away from them, walked away, and used the cold shoulder to tactic. That is actually a very advanced conflict conflict resolution tactic that Robin did at seven years old. Think about that. Now Robin got a lot of these concepts and ideas from her from her parents. Her she said she talked to her mommy and her daddy and her mommy you know, let's face it, dads, and, and I'm a father, sometimes the first thing we want to do is we want to fight because that's who we are, I guess. That's how we're raised. But mommies, they're the ones that usually drop those pearls. You know, when we, when we say throw your dukes up, let me teach you how to fight, mom says person to stop and to walk away. Now, I I shared with you that I was bullied when I was the same age as Robin. Now, what I did was I fought. Again, man brain, male brain. Robin, thankfully to her parents and specifically her mother, decided a different tactic would work, and that was use the cold shoulder method and tell them to stop and walk away. And then instead of thinking about that person, focus on you and your greatness. And that's exactly what Robin did. And now look at her. She's written a book, beautifully illustrated, and she's doing a book signing at the West Las Vegas Art Center next Saturday. Wow. Now, if you're not blown away, because I am, that's pretty amazing. What a smart young woman to be, a girl, because I don't want to take that uh, from her. I'm, I'm loving it. So I had a great last evening at the meet and greet for me, and now an opportunity to share Robin Michelle Fleming's story, an author. I've been writing a book now for years and I still have not published a book. Robin is seven, was seven years old when she came up with the idea, the concept, 
wrote and published a book and is now doing a book signing. Now, if that isn't a bright light shining towards our future, I don't know what is. We need more like Robin. And I hope you all will go to uh, the West Las Vegas Art Center uh, next Saturday. That's April 21st at 11 a.m. Try to get there a little early. No CP time. Get there a little early. West Las Vegas Arts Center, 947 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And it's right next to West Las Vegas Library, uh, right across the street from Rainbow Dreams Academy, <laughs> right down the street from the West Side Bistro inside of Nevada Partners. Go and check out Robin Fleming with her book, Robin Hood. Believe it's possible. I can tell you from a social science perspective that whatever you're trying to do, if you do not believe that you can do it, it is a good likelihood that you will not do it. If you believed that you could not walk, even though there was physically nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong with your legs, then you would not be able to walk because that's what you believe. And in some instances, when a person is healing, because they believe that they will be healed, they become healed. It's not something that's just associated with religion. It is a fact that our mind is the most powerful thing in us. Maybe, if not the most powerful, one of the most powerful things in the universe is our mind. And a part of that is simply believing. That's it, believing. And Robin has given me something. Because as I run this campaign for Congress, I have to believe that I can win. It's not just a vanity run. But it is a run that I know I can win because I believe. I believe in my gifts and talents. I believe in the gifts and talents of others who are supporting me, and it is something that we can do. Just like Robin overcooked bullying because she believed. Somebody planted a seed of belief in her. Last night I spoke about being a farmer and how it taught me many lessons about life and the importance of life. Well, hearing Robin talk about the lesson that her mommy taught her is encouraging. And it says that we can do it, whatever that thing is, but we have to believe. Do you believe? Whatever thing that may be bothering you today, whatever circumstance that you may be in, do you believe that you can overcome it? Do you believe that you can get through it? Do you believe that it will get better? One thing's for sure. If you do not believe, it will not. But if you do believe, there is a great, greater likelihood tomorrow will be a better day. A better day will come. Well, everyone, this is Rodney Smith in the air chair today solo. 
Uh, we had one guest on our show today, eight-year-old Robin Michelle Fleming, author of Robin Hood, Believe It's Possible. She's going to be at a book signing, her own book signing, next Saturday, uh, and it says, meet the author, calling all sheroes, author presentation and book signing, Saturday, April 21st at 11 a.m., West Las Vegas Arts Center, 947 West Lake Mead Boulevard. That's 947 West Lake Mead Boulevard. I hope you all will get a chance to go out and to the book signing. And when you go out to the book signing, usually the authors uh, might have books there for sale. Bring some, bring some cash. I don't know how much the, I don't know how much the book costs, but it is a child's book. Bring some cash and buy the book for that child that's in your life. Whether it's your own biological child, it's your uh, godchild, maybe it's your niece, your nephew, or maybe it's your friend's child. Or if you have a few dollars, just bring some money to purchase books that you can maybe make a donation to a, even a hospital, the children's ward, so children can be exposed to the idea of believing it's possible. Maybe they're sick and they need to believe that they can be better. Maybe they're bullied and, like Robin said, made her feel like nothing. I can tell you it made me feel horrible. And that was a very powerful uh, testimony that Robin gave on how it made her feel. But when you hear her voice, none of those ill feelings from a year ago remain. Now it's hopeful, upbeat, uplifting, forward thinking. She knows there will be a tomorrow. Many people today aren't even conceptualizing tomorrow because of whatever it is that they're going through today. And they're just trying to get through today. Maybe sharing that book will help someone that you know, or maybe if you make a donation to someone else or someplace else, it'll help someone that you don't know go from feeling like they're nothing to feeling like they're something and being somebody. Next Saturday, April 21st, 11 a.m., West Las Vegas Arts Center Boulevard, go out and meet Robin Michelle Fleming, author of Robin Hood. Bring a few coins with you. Well, I guess that does it for us today. You've listened to another edition of Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you on Saturday. We try to get it on at 12.30 p.m. West Coast time. Thank you very much for you East Coast listeners who hear it a little later in the day at 3.30 p.m. Thank you. I hope that you have a great weekend here in uh, Las Vegas. At the, I believe it's the Tropicana Hotel, we're having the Democratic Convention, which I am not attending, obviously, because I am a nonpartisan. I believe in people, not party. 
and I hope that you will too, and that we will make decisions based on the needs of the people and not political or party talking points. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. I'm Rodney Smith. I look forward to seeing you back here next Saturday at 12.30 p.m. for another episode of Our Own Voices Live. Have a good week. Be blessed. Make a difference in someone else's life, but believe in yourself as Robin believed in herself, as taught to her by her mommy and daddy, and specifically her mom. Believe in yourself and make a difference in your own life. God bless. Bye-bye.